was was in convoy with Keanu and Norman at the same time. We're just oh, you traveling. Gotta be kidding. Oh, I know. It's crazy. We just oh, he's a great of, guy. Yeah, we just happened on each other. In, in intersection later, boom, we're just coasting. Mm. Coasting. Uh, oh, oh, hi, that, Greg. That, re- that reminds me. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I was driving on, on Boulevard Street, as I usually do. And uh-huh. to my right, at the stop, at the stoplight. Yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise, baby. No, no way. I've talked to this guy about once or twice in my life. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, looking over and seeing Tom Cruise in his red Corvette. Oof. Wow. Cool moment. Real cool moment. Wow, man. You know, I waved at him, nodded. He nodded back at me, and we drove our separate ways. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's just. That's what I love about Hollywood, man. Yeah. There's just those. There's just those times. It's like men. God's Tom Cruise. It's just he's just at the top. He's he's just the the tippy top. Top of the game, top of the world, top of the everything. Even only being five foot three, he's at the top of the world. He he trumps most men. Trumps a lot of men. Trumps Trump. Trumps Trump. Uh, Oh my goodness. Oh shit, Craig's here. Craig. Craig. What's up, Craig? Welcome back, everyone. This is the next, the next episode. Um, the next episode, the next Ryanless episode. Another Ryanless episode. So mm-hmm. you're still in our dreams, buddy. <laughs> so, um, have you been, Nick? Things I've good. Been, I've been good. How driving are you? The yeah, yeah. Driving the boulevard, riding the coast. Did you see um, a bit of movie news? Uh, uh, Sam Raimi. Busy directing Doctor Strange two. He's dead. What died? You're pulling my leg. Yeah. Don't, no, you, you're shitting yeah, me. No, I am. No, I, am. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen the first one actually. It's not too bad. One of uh, one of the slightly above average Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. It's it's got a cool uh, Inception style visual flair to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's Marvel's Inception. There's some good sorcery some great actors in it i'm, I'm just kind of excited because um he hasn't sam remy hasn't directed anything for quite a while has not he? not really last thing he did was the ash versus evil dead tv show did he just direct a few episodes though or was he, he directed some episodes and he was the executive producer of it oh okay well. yeah that ran for three seasons it was abruptly canceled but mm-hmm. yeah now he's back in the marvel superhero game That'll be pretty exciting to see because I mean, his uh, Spider-Man films. I I always like him. I've always oh, liked them. Yeah, man. I and wanted to revisit them for a while, but I mean, sure. Yeah, and it's it'd be interesting because now we have an, a director that's not only done a superhero movie, but he's actually done some action filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And he's got his own style. To, he's developed his own style. Uh, his his own filmmaking style. Because you know, Raimi, his 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 like his whiplash camera work, his crazy yeah. edits, all these angles he gets, uh, just the stuff you think of when when you think Sam Raimi. He's fine. He's bringing that to Marvel, and, and it's great because he is such an interesting filmmaker, mm-hmm. and um, it's cool to have someone like that join the uh, MCU. Because I can't yeah. think of any directors that have made a film who have had like a really interesting filmography yeah it's mostly been it's mostly been a lot of newcomers or 
yeah. people have never tackled blockbusters before. Uh, right. Occasionally, you get someone like John Favreau, or even mm-hmm. true, yeah, James Gunn, Joss Whedon, even. I guess Coogler yeah, those, as well. He did some. Oh yeah, Ryan Coogler. Yeah. yeah, he did Creed and so forth. Yeah, I even and Taika Waititi. He did a bang up job. Oh yeah, true, true. And the Russo brothers, of course. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now to have a veteran director like Sam Raimi come on board, that's that'll be interesting. That'll be a pleasant. That'll be a pleasant experience. That'll be nice. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking the other day just. Because, I mean, that doesn't come out till next year. I don't know when that comes out, but that's not even, like, on the timeline. Nah. But yeah. Thinking, like, I was I was thinking about our end of the year, best films of the year, the year yeah. video. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, will there even be enough films to talk about? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> because I know there's, like, a bunch on, like, Netflix and Amazon right now. And yeah, I'll check some of those out. But, like mainstream theater films i'm like yeah and i i don't really feel like purchasing you know a straight to vod uh mm-hmm. viewing so i'm i'm just like really curious it's so yeah strange, dude <laughs> yeah i'm building like a i call it my coronavirus movie kill count list uh-huh. i'm building that up on letterboxd all the movies that are getting canceled because of coronavirus oh nice and the list is just piling up and makes me more sad because yeah. yeah we got just like quiet place Two, no time to die ghostbusters afterlife top gun maverick all um, these they're all getting pushed back and it, it's making me sad yeah i <laughs> A lot of people are really being cynical about this whole thing in terms of like the future of cinemas. Oh, geez. I've, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, good, shut them down. Like, we don't need them anymore. That just depresses me, dude. Yeah. It depresses also, me. I, and it kind of annoys me, too. I think they're it just, does. They're, it's they're, they're, really cynical. Just Yeah, they're cynical and they're probably just saying that for attention. And one, because they're filthy hipsters. They're hot take. God, nobody cares. No one, no. Um, Unless you have something actual to say, just shut up. And, and then I pictured too, like AMC closing their theaters and Netflix buying them. And then there's like Netflix theaters. Oh, and like shit. I don't know if I was dreaming when I was thinking this because it, it felt very vivid. But <laughs> there was well, like be- a, a cat, like a little lounge, like a texting lounge, and there was beds. This must see. Have been, this must have been a dream. See, it's it's bad enough. Amazon is getting their name all over the freaking place. What do you mean? But well, like they got markets and bookstores, and you see Amazon vans down the road. There's drones oh, yeah. that deliver packages. They're they're get they're everywhere. They're getting in everything. And the thought of some giant corporation invading a movie theater chain, and I have to look at that brand on the outside of a building. That yeah, I mean, I don't. I would kind hope of, that would never happen because that just seems so terrifying. But yeah, I that's, that's some Orwell I don't need in my life. <laughs> just the Mickey Mouse ears on top of the AMC theater. Uh, no, Crazy. I can't. I can't. That's my. Oh, I'm going to. Oops. Whoops. What, what happened? I bumped my table. Great. Ever since Ryan's gone, this has been a very DIY channel. Yeah. <laughs> no professional mixer. 
You could see like wood boards falling out of the rafters, mm-hmm. cobwebs in the corners. Ryan's gonna come back and be like, "What the hell happened? <laughs> what the hell happened here?" I said, "No parties." Oh my god! Saw we, um, but yeah, man, crazy world, crazy, crazy time, crazy time. We're gonna get also, through it though. I don't know if you saw it, but on um, Como, they're looking for people to submit work, photographs, huh. videos that relate to this. Huh. Um, to use it for a possible museum. Wow. Nice. Can you imagine that? I cannot. In in 50 years of like, oh, I remember COVID and the quarantines. That, that is strange to think about. Hello, weird dude. We're yeah. Living through- the other day I was taking a picture of this kind of uh mur not a mural, this kind of this kind of street art on my sidewalk, and it was kind of an eye-opening thing. It was just I re- you read it and it's just, it's it's just sort of like wow this is this is serious this is in my neighborhood. I mean yeah, and just like driving on the freeways, you'll see uh, three quarters of the amount of cars you normally see that, and just like uh, LED signs saying like you know staying at home is saving lives. Yeah, just, like this is the fucking apocalypse. Like yeah. the Walgreens showing that to someone in, like thirty years ago and be like. Hey, so this is America. And <laughs> 30 years. This is America. <laughs> like, oh, uh, all right. But, you know, very uh, cool. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Don't give me ideas. I might want to go camera hunting or something. Now's the time, buddy. This will probably be the only time in your life. <laughs> Just saying. Yep. But, um, Love- any- oh, anyways. Yeah. The, yeah. Let's talk about the film. We're we talking about a film here. This is Victor's choice now. Vic pick. Vic pick. The Long Goodbye uh, from Robert Altman. 1973. You want to give us a little in-depth synopsis? Sure, why not? Uh, Movie revolves around a private detective named Philip Marlowe. He's visited by his good buddy old pal. I forget his name already. Um... (laughs) Lennox. Lennox, his his pal Lennox, tells him to drive him to the border so he can go to Tijuana. The next day, cops arrest him for suspicion that Lennox was murdered that and that he murdered his wife, that Marlowe is somehow connected. So Marlowe goes around chasing leads, trying to find out the mystery of what happened to Lennox. Bingo. Yeah. So have you seen the Altman pictures? I've only seen MASH, and I really enjoyed it. Oh, okay. okay. Very, very funny, satirical comedy about the Korean War that spawned a, an iconic television series. Right. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie or the show, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see the show in bits and pieces, walking mm-hmm. through like the TV room My parent, when my parents are watching it. Yeah. It's a funny show. Uh, Alan Alda as Hawkeye Pierce, he's really funny. I think you would like uh, The Player. I'll have mm. to let you borrow that. Sweet. Another Hollywood uh, whodunit sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, and yeah. going off of that comment, it sounds like you've seen an Altman or two. Yeah, just the player. And I own uh, Macabre Miss Miller um, mm. along with uh, three women. I've seen images. So there's a, you know, I have, I've mm. seen a couple. and Sure. Yeah. I, I like his work from what I've seen. And I can't wait to watch the other two. Um, mm hmm. He just seems like a very 
uh, I don't know, very iconic, very great American filmmaker. It sounds it like it. He's he's got the fame attached to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I like Mash, and this movie was pretty good. Yeah, what what did you think, Nick? Uh, well, uh, well, I thought it was kind of weird at times, mm-hmm. but overall, a very entertaining mystery mystery film. Weird as in like what tone well, wise th- it was kind of I guess so. What I, I think I think my chief complaint, I'll get this out of the way right now. I think the movie lacked focus at times. Mm-hmm. Because Marlo, our character, our lead character Marlo is, is on the is trying to find out what happened to this guy and he's chasing all these leads and it's taken him in so many different directions because of all the connections this Lennox had before he disappeared and and oftentimes marlo would be just hanging out for instance he hangs oh spoilers right away it's a mystery film uh he's hanging out extensively with this one lady and her drunken husband played by sterling hayden and uh, it seems like it goes on forever how much time he's spending with them i figured that 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 well would have dried up at some point in the movie he could have shaved maybe five or ten minutes if it wasn't so important to the story. Okay. I don't know. I feel like it could have moved along a little more, not hang on to certain characters and plot plot areas for so long. That's fair. And like, yeah. I mean, the comparisons to Inherent Vice are pretty obvious. That's what I was thinking. Uh, I, had, I had the exact same feeling as Inherent Vice. The main character... Is constantly going on these different side quests as opposed to focusing on the main quest. That's I use a video game analogy for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's great. It's a Grand Theft Auto session where you're just strictly running people over on the sidewalk instead of finding out why Nico Bellic is in trouble. Yeah, did you and kind of off topic, but did you like Inherent Vice the first time you saw it? I did. Yeah, I liked its weird style. I liked all the actors. I liked the '60s setting. And even the plot, which again not wasn't very focused, it was it was a uh, it was good to uncover some rocks. Yeah, like um, yeah, because I was thinking I was watching them like, wow, dude, like Philip Marlowe reminded me so much of uh, Phoenix's character, just this kind of aimless wandering cat, essentially. Yeah, um, he just mumbles, just, mumbles and grumbles to himself, smokes they, fifty cigarettes a day. Yeah, like literally every scene, but like they both Pretty have much. very cool kind of stumbling quality to them um yeah and i really enjoyed uh this character elliot gould elliot gould yes yeah. yeah i really um, liked him too he's uh he's he's fantastic in most any movie he's in he does a great job i don't think i've really seen him in i can't think of a movie i've seen him in but uh he was in soderbergh's oceans 11 trilogy yeah i haven't seen any of those but yeah. Okay. You know, well, I, as a first, <laughs> yeah, as a first that I know of, I'm, I'm, yeah, really and, happy with his performance. It was quite, oh, yeah. entertaining. It was, yeah. He was really channeling Humphrey Bogart a lot. I noticed. Oh, totally. I could see that. Yeah, and I was watching this with my mother, and right when I said that, <laughs> she, it came out. Apparently, it's she just, blew, she basically said that this character was played by Humphrey Bogart in another movie because this is based on a book and this yeah and this philip marlowe character shows up in a series of books 
So oh. it only makes sense. <laughs> I see. But he has he has that booger quality. He's very he's he's very much a wisecrack, a smart ass, and mm-hmm. he and he kind of and yeah, he stumbles his way through, but I feel like that's it's mostly a facade he puts on. And when he really gets into business, he gets on top of the game and no one else could touch him. Yeah, that kind of wise ass uh personality. You can see him kind of work his way through certain situations or, you know, uh prolong the inevitable in ways with the way he moves around dialogue and, and just the people yeah. he's talking and, with. And he never gets he never takes anyone's shit for too long. He he stands his he hold he holds his ground. He uh, oh, there's a phrase I was gonna use. Yeah, he holds his ground, uh, and it does not buckle over in any way. Right. Yeah. Hold on. Is my mic coming through? Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I can hear you. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, what 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 did you think uh, of this movie? So. I, I was quite enjoying it. Um, I think this kind of like film noir, you know, I I kind of love this genre, this almost subgenre, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah, ne- neo-noir of sorts. Yeah, um, but it's kind of similar reasons why I love Inherent Vice and I guess even like Under the Silver Lake. Mm-hmm. And because all three have... A main character who you know i guess maybe under the silver lake less but this i, I don't know all, <laughs> all are kind of aimless and even the characters are a little aimless and they're a little obsessive in a way yeah and i don't know i was enjoying the plot and well i didn't think the story itself was super interesting I mean, yeah, I liked, you know, having Philip kind of, you know, follow the, the bits of string and see where they go and uh-huh. and uh, him, you know, finding out who else is involved and how all these characters connect. Yeah, but when he's like act- like, yeah, when he's actually investigating, that's when I'm more hooked into the story. Right. It's when he hangs around too much in one space that I start to wonder, what's the point of this movie? Yeah, like when he was hanging out with um, the Wades, it did yes. feel a little kind of yeah. like okay. Yeah, it's Sterling. Ha- Sterling Hayden's a great actor too, uh-huh. so thankfully it, it can he can fall back on a you can fall back on a great performance watching one. Yeah, I I, and- I feel at least because he he's a classic actor. He's he's great. He's he's fan- I haven't seen much of him, but everything I've seen him in, he's fantastic. Right. And so like, you know, even though it has this very aimless quality and it's pretty breezy and an easy watch, um, I think it's like the characters and the surprisingly funny tone this has. Oh, yeah. uh, It's all just um, very weird and it doesn't really take itself too seriously and that's something i really um, enjoyed like right, right off the bat i mean is your introduction to marlo and his cat and that yeah that is a great that moment. whole thing right there i i, I love watching that and yeah his his uh yeah his, his women neighbors that do yoga topless a lot that's that's a lot of fun mm-hmm. shopping for cat food yeah there's all these little touches that 
make him in a more endearing character. And someone like Elliot Gould playing him just, yeah, it all came together. I guess overall, it all comes together into a character that has a good magnetism to him. You, you don't really care what he does. Just if he's around, it's going to be a little less boring. Right. And the thing too, it's like the fact that this movie is quite low key because there isn't really like, there are some moments where there's, you know, violence involved or tension, yeah. like with the, yeah. uh, that one guy freaking, uh, what's his name? Well, is he one of the bunch of cronies? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy. Uh, like, you know, there was that moment with him and his girl and the glass bottle. Yeah. And you're just this, like, yeah. This movie does have some great suspense going for it. It does. But like at the same time, it's not like a big moment per se. It's just like mm-hmm. it's these really, um, you know, the R10s, it's, it's all really contained. Mm-hmm. And I think that if there were bigger moments and then a lot of downtime, like say hanging out the Wades or just, you know, the way Altman captured this, this mundane stuff. I think if it was any less laid back as it is, I don't think it would, the overall pacing and tone would work as well. But the fact that it kind of commits to this kind of lazy yeah. stumbling, uh, pacing and, and just overall structure. I think that really works, even if it isn't the most, interesting way i guess to execute it yeah i um, do like that is a good point i do like the commitment to the direction it goes yeah and that's what like really draws me to this is just the way that's handled and you know i think this is one of those films that it will kind of like inherent vice seeing it again down the road knowing what you're getting yourself into and knowing what strings are going to be pulled um oh yes but yeah, it's kind of hard to like ignore the parallels between those two movies and not talk about the other. I don't know when Inherent Advice was written. I think that was written probably. Are you talking the script or the book? The book. Ah. Uh, I don't know. Probably. I don't know. I could, I could look it up real quick. Fucking. I don't know. Because the uh, this film, Long but Goodbye, was written in the fifties, right? I guess I would reckon so. Yeah. Yeah. And Inherent Vice was written. Ooh, when was it written? It was written. Oh, 2009. Oh. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's, newer than I that's kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> it was in the last decade. <laughs> well, then. Anywho. Any hoozles. Uh, um, yeah, uh, good, good suspenseful moments mixed in with these nice bits of black black humor throughout that they don't really clash with one another i was really i was kind of happy about that because like you said it commits to its style and its style is this we're kind of just gonna casually lean into the funny here and the tense there and might just just go back and forth just zigzag in and out sort of thing yeah man i mean shoot and Besides, like the story itself, I was really happy to see uh, Vilmos as the cinematographer. Oh yeah! What did we watch on this we, channel? We watched Blowout. Oh, that's right. Yes, okay. and Vil- Vilmos Zygmunt. He he's one. Of, he was a 
He did Indiana Jones and Close Encounters. Yeah. He's got and a bunch of other credits to his name. This guy's sure. a legendary cameraman. And his work here, dude, I I love it. I love it. I liked it. Did you like it? I really did. I, you know what? You notice the camera never stopped moving in some way, shape, or form. It was yeah. It was definitely usually always moving from when I when I can from what I can remember. There's um, a, yeah, because even in the dialogue scenes, there's a very subtle dolly movement going on, cutting between everyone's close-ups and wides. There's always yeah. there's always some little bit of kineticism. The camera never really stood still, and I was kind of into that a little bit. It's like, yeah, wow. I was too. I like to see energy behind the camera as much as I like stilted frames and and uh, you know really well composed it shots. Is. And well, but this does though. This does have um, some good moments um, visually, and I think does, my yeah. biggest like uh, thing that I liked most were the zooms, of course. Yeah. Um, there's just some moments where the camera would just zoom off in the mm -hmm. background. Like there's one example was when uh, uh, Marlo goes to Mexico and mm -hmm. he's walking and then the camera just like zooms past him to these two dogs humping. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was right? interesting. That was interesting. But there's like little moments like that where the camera just kind of does its own thing, almost like yeah, a voyeuristic thing uh -huh. going on there. And, um, I dig that a lot. It is, yeah. Yeah, editing's not too bad either. Uh I agreed. Yeah. Yeah. This it, it was just that time it was just that time when they really planned out these productions wisely. They their camera shots were well were well timed, their actors were blocked at the right moments, and the editor knew when to cut. Like exactly cut. Yeah. So it's you hardly you hardly see it that much nowadays because we got digital cameras, we can take as many takes as we want. We were more we're a little more laid back on our sets. I, I can't speak for the Hollywood system, but just Yeah, there's a, definitely an accuracy that needed to be met, I, I, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah, there's more of a discipline back then because you only had so much celluloid. Yeah. Um sure. yeah. And also we got John Williams composing the music. That's right. Um, one of his one of his more minimal scores I've noticed. I, was say, I can't remember a single piece of music besides the long goodbye theme. I mean, I know there's probably some sparse yeah, but, instrumentals, but it wasn't much. Yeah. And it is neat to hear him take on jazz for once. Right. Cause it you know, John Williams, of course. I, I never know it's hard to picture him not doing this John Williams thing, but I, I, I liked it. I mean, it's not, it isn't the most standout score in his whole career, but yeah, uh, he, he serves us some good jazz and I liked that jazz. If you All get to see things. him, if you get to watch the, uh, the film images, which is also on prime, um, mm -hmm. he does the score for that. He, he does it with another guy and um, it's not jazzy or, symphonic or anything but it's got this really creepy string and bell uh i see or very like eerie and yeah it was really interesting to hear that because like you said you know him for star wars indiana jones and all that yeah and even the sip even before star wars he was starting to develop that blockbuster style he was doing movies like 
the towering inferno and the poseidon adventure earthquake a lot of disaster movies by the way oh was and, he oh, okay yeah but yeah he was as movies were starting to gear more toward blockbuster territory uh you could find john williams in certain blockbuster movies he was in kind of or not kind of like act developing that grand orchestra style he he's known for right and then Jaws and Star Wars and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Sorry, obvious it, ones. Of course. Images, was that? When, when was that made? Um, let's see. Images, I think that was also 70, like 71 or something. Um, mm. 72, I think. Gotcha. Um, that one is a really tense, claustrophobic, yeah, 72, um, mm. contained mystery horror. Ah, that one's it's actually kind of spooky and it's got a really stellar opening scene um because i yeah i really like the opening scene in this film it just sets the tone so damn well and, yes uh, oh man oh same with the player too another film of his with a great opening it's like a 10 minute one take cool um, um anyways off topic but yeah i yeah that was images of 72 you'll have to watch that sure i'll keep a lookout for it groovy this film was also released on my birthday in 73 nice so that's sick dude that's good awesome that means literally nothing but (laughs) it's kind of neat the same is the same way with uh chung king it was released in america on march 8th i was like oh no wonder it's like my favorite film march 8th and in 1996 as well when i was born it was released the day i was birthed out the womb isn't that something that is pretty damn cool did in my blood yeah. Like Chung King. Okay, Hollywood. I'm I am speaking to you directly. If you want to pique Victor's interest, release on his birthday. <laughs> Straight up. Straight he will co- he will consider it. I will consider it to be a favorite. Mm. Oh man. Well, yeah, man. This uh oh also which was really random was that Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, okay, cameo? yes. All right. So I was about I was gonna get to that in a sec. So okay, the so- cast Cast is really good, and uh, my mo- my mom pointed this out too. A lot of comedians have supporting roles in this movie. It was kind of really weird. Yeah, so you had a, the doctor who looks after Wade. He's played yeah. by the the head neo Nazi from Blues Brothers, Henry Gibson. Okay, he, he's really funny. And there's a couple others that I that I don't know, but they're there as pointed out by my mother. Right, and then but those don't even compare to freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger being a background heavy for one of the main bad guys. That was the most random. Uh, you just see the silhouette of a large wide man come like, into the room. I was like, and is then, that really and him? Then, and then there's, there he is pumping iron himself. <laughs> I that lost my, interesting. I lost my shit when I saw that. Oh, he's even uncredited. He's not he even is uncredited. uncredited. He is yeah. really uncredited. But you, there's no way you could miss him. He's as big as a house. I wonder, is this like the first film he's in? This is the second film he's ever been in. What? Yeah, because the first one being Hercules in New York, I think. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, he's he's still he's still fucking muscle bound. He's got a mustache. He's wearing the same polo shirt from Predator, or a very similar looking one. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. 
He doesn't have any lines, unfortunately, but just the fact he's in the room at all. It just makes the scene. Amazes right. me. Well, that whole scene, too. Oh, wow. That was just... Nothing to hide than take off your clothes. Uh... You want me to take off my clothes? I'll do it. And they just, the entire room, I'm just like, what the hell? Yeah. I What kind of, what stuff did this movie take? But see, it's like those like weird moments. You're like, this shouldn't be in the film. but. It's it is and it it's kind of funny. It is kind funny. Of strange. It's, um, but it's its own little world. It sets itself up for, and it's kind of amusing, even for someone like me who wish there was a bit more of a point in the end. Mm-hmm. But it's it's uh it's amusing. Yeah. What did you think of um the end? <sighs> Well, I just, well, I, I like the end. It was cool, and that sort of just bang, wow, my gosh, yeah, I, li- I like it like that. And but otherwise, yeah, the story was so so, like you said. So it, I guess it's only logical it ends this way. And but still, I was wowed just for the initial shock of it. It's like whoa, yeah, because he doesn't really give off a uh a you know, an aggressive vibe really at all. Marlo's character. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of, is playing along. And while everyone else is kind of antagonizing was that, him. Was that you? What was that? You cut off for a second. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, he I doesn't know. seem like the type who would be violent or aggressive in any way. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's just kind of everyone else who's antagonizing him. He's uh-huh. kind of the cat. Everyone else is a dog. Yeah. And um, for him to, you know, do that at the end, I was like, I get the motivation. But I don't know. I I, I liked the ending. I, I felt a little unsatisfied. Kind of. of. Yeah. That's the first gun you see in the movie. And <laughs> it is. It, it really is. Yeah. You'd think the movie wouldn't go down a firearms route. Not that I have anything against guns, but. If the story doesn't call for a gun, then maybe don't bring up a gun. But yeah. here we go. But I a do gu- like a gun. The fact that like he is pretty pissed off that he went through all that just for him to be like his friend to be like, yeah, man, that's what friends are for. <laughs> like, <laughs> Say, like you saying it, saying it like that. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. You're, you're so. a born loser. That line as as the camera zooms in, you're just like, oh, yeah, fuck this guy. <laughs> But yeah. I, I love how that friend is kind of just unapologetically like, yeah, dude, I, I used you. Like, I had to do what I had to do. I had a dead wife. <laughs> uh huh. It's like he's just so like, just so whatever about it. I really like and it. You can tell Marlo's just like, dude, you've yeah. you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Now, now you done effed up, and out comes the gun. <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah actually, never speaking out loud, speaking it out loud like that, yeah, I, I do like the ending a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah, like, it is, though, one of those films where you kind of have to think about more or do watch it another time, and, but, yeah, yeah, I, hell, now, the more I talk about this film and, like, the ending, I kind of, um, a bit more settled with it, I think I, I like it a bit more. Oh, yeah, it's the movie like this, the first viewing it's it's a lot. It's not the process. 
Yeah, especially when there's not like a lot to jump out at you in a way. Like if you find something you like in it, it's you know, it's because maybe you're already a fan of those certain elements. Like Yeah. You like Neo Noirs, you like Robert Altman, you like an actor in the movie. Exactly. Yeah, this isn't so, this is a restrained movie. Uh yeah. It's restrained, laid back and um even for really, yeah. Even even for its time when there wasn't uh just going back to the blockbuster thing real quick. Even the time when there wasn't, when blockbuster films were just getting off their feet, mm-hmm. and you had a lot of these, a lot of serious cinema going down, like store really adult stories that take their time with slow pacing and building up plots and character dynamics and whatnot. Even for yeah. even for this time, long goodbye is a bit more ab not abnormal more bit more gotta find the right word to describe it a bit more not inaccessible but just less accessible i'd say yeah i mean i'm looking at what the popular films in 73 on letterboxd and like um yeah it's yeah just look at Look at my list. Yeah, you got what do you got here? You got Mean Streets, Live and Let Die, Badlands, The Exorcist, The Sting, Westworld, American Graffiti. Actually, that wasn't even that much popular, but still. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it, it kind of fits, you know, that very mature adult story that uh, that you've pointed out that many '70s films have. Yeah, very kind of gritty and. I think, God, dude, every time I, I look over movies that released in the 70s, I think that's like one of my favorite decades for film. It is my favorite decade, straight up. Yeah, I, I would be to, pretty confident in saying that, to be honest. Yeah, it, to me, is the bridge between classic and modern Hollywood, uh, I feel. Yeah, because you still get blockbusters, and you still get intense sci-fis, but you also get... You know, Suspirias and you yeah, know, you get, you get your heads, shit like that. It's just, uh-huh. it's yeah, like that bridge between two worlds. Yeah, it's when modern Hollywood came into its own. I think. Love it. Wish yeah. I was there for it. <laughs> yeah, if only. So, any more yeah, to talk about here? I don't know if I have too much more to say with this one. I, I'm pretty happy with it. Um. Even if, yeah, you know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not unhappy. I watched it. It's. It is an entertaining, uh, mystery movie. Kind, a lot, very offbeat style, that is amusing at its best times, but leaves you, leaves you wanting to, for it to get back on track at its worst points. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's, it's kind of a tough one mm-hmm. because I do kind of agree with you. And it's it's hard to like know exactly what I want out of this film. Yeah, it gives me what I want. Um, but I think like the difference with Inherent Vice's sort of aimless narrative, I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. I don't know if it's because it's a bit more. Uh, I don't know how to say it. I think just Inherent Vice is a bit more stylish and uh, comical, and of course you have. 
Phoenix's performance. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I'm trying to think why I enjoy that one's weird, aimless plot compared to this one. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I really can't put my finger on it. It is interesting to think about. But I th- yeah. could. Well, no, I'm just now I'm thinking about it, too. Uh, I, don't, I guess it's just the. Either it's just because Long Goodbye is not as good of a movie as Inherent Vice, or just the difference in time, sort of thing, as a modern audience member. Yeah, because that one does play out a bit more. Uh, what's the word? It's a, I don't want to say accessible, but the style is, is a bit more interesting, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit more weird and kind of zany. Yeah. And I, do like how it's a bit more obvious, I guess. Where mm. this one, like, the tone in this is pretty grounded, even if it has its goofy moments. But I feel like Inherent Vice is a little bit more comical. And uh, it, sure, it's grounded, but the characters don't seem completely real, maybe. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that's the right word. Yeah, I, more exaggerated, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I would say. Yeah, because I I, I I like using this comparison. Inherent Vice does remind me a lot of a Grand Theft Auto game. You have all these exaggerated personalities, this kind of eccentric world they inhabit, and the crazy goings-ons that happens between them that come, mm-hmm. that binds them together. Just you don't get to run over people on the sidewalks. Right. And so forth. Man, yeah. I don't... Why is it that L.A. Hollywood is like one of the best film locations? I don't know. I do. You, I'm, do you have a favorite film location? Like a oh, uh, hard question to answer. It would be kind of a hard question. I I guess I kind of like any south southwestern United States desert because yeah. I because I watched a lot of westerns when I was a kid. and I still watch plenty of westerns. Just when you make a western, you're guaranteed amazing locations and camera work and so forth. See, that's a dude. That is one genre I am dry in. Man, I gotta, I gotta educate you. <laughs> to be honest, I think I've. How many westerns? Really have embarrassing. You seen? How many westerns have you seen? Dude, this is gonna be really embarrassing. <laughs> okay. I imagine. Can you count? T- um, Buster, Buster Scruggs. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Buster Scruggs and probably the uh, True Grit reboot. So the two Coen Re- brothers remake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the remake. Not what about Django Unchained and the Hateful Eight? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Either way, one hand. <laughs> yeah, it's really. All right, that yeah, might be the freaking uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. I just. I... Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. Nothing. Do yourself a favor. Yes, yes. I guess those are probably the two obvious ones to go for sure yeah i and i can recommend you some shit that might be the next episode let's do a western in the next episode i'll be down heck yeah i'll find something for you sweet um cool. what was i i feel like i was on something with this <laughs> uh, uh favorite film work. location you said los angeles oh, yeah i think yeah i think la is because while you it's just how do i say it you have the sunny atmosphere you have well especially in the 70s and 60s yes you know, the type of uh the culture at the time and you know uh-huh. the 
love, peace, yeah, West or Eastern, you know, medicine and philosophy, and uh, I I love it. It is, and yeah, it's good. It's just such uh, an interesting time period. And then when you delve into the dark side of everything, because there's always a dark part of LA. There's always the seedy sure. underbelly. Oh yes, and that's such for me such a fun thing to explore. Like I could just do an essay on the underbelly of LA and film. Oh I yeah. Love it. <laughs> I I would listen to that. Yeah. LA is a cool looking place on camera, but I feel a little jaded. At least when I see another mm. LA set movie, probably because I've watched a lot of movies that range very much in quality. And yeah. there's, there's great movies shot in LA and there's bad movies shot in LA. True. Yeah. For every, heat or nightcrawler there's like a thousand sharknados dude that's true mm -hmm. All, like anytime i watch a bad film i'm like dude this is definitely shot in la yeah I've, there's I've something to i don't know la people are freaking weird filmmakers there they come up with the stupidest ideas mm -hmm. but i think Indeed. about like some of our pnw filmmakers i don't really see as many stupid films coming out of our not circles. quite Granted, they don't have a budget to do something really dumb like B NATO and or Tsunami, whatever the hell it's called, and you know, oh Shark yeah, like that. It's just like yeah, it's zombie tidal wave. Is that one? That, that is, is that one. Yeah, film? it is from the same director as Sharknado. Oh, I gotta see this. <laughs> I tried watching. I gotta. I guess I gotta finish it or something. Doesn't doesn't sound like it might be worth it. Well, it's. Or is it, if, you've seen, is it if, if you've seen if you've seen Sharknado, then it's roughly the same quality. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ian Ziering is the lead actor again, and it's got the same amount of logic behind it. Wait, are the zombies in the tidal wave? Yeah, they rise out of the ocean, and they there's a couple tidal waves. Last I remember, they just look like blue coral people. Huh. Uh, and they bleed blue it was it was weird they not the proper zombie you when you think of it so every good long goodbye you have a zombie tidal wave sharknado pretty much but, yeah I, I see what you're saying la can look great under the right eye plus to um the just the look of the film in general and the colors he, yes i guess he uh uh, whatever his name is, Zygmunt. Vil Vilmos Zygmunt. Zygmunt. He uh, did this technique with the film called Flashing. Mm. Um, let me get to the get to the thing. Yeah. yeah. So he did this thing called. He said. Uh, Cinematographer Vilmos tried to approximate human vision through the post-production technique of exposing the underdeveloped negative to additional pure light, a technique called flashing, which literally dampens blacks and softens intense colors until they become pastel hues. Huh. So I've never heard of that beforehand. And um, yeah, I mean, just the overall color range in this is, is just really pleasant. Yeah, it's a really pleasant looking film. That's some groovy experimentation. It sounds like I know, right? That's what's so cool about. I mean, sure, you can 
move curves and and uh yeah you do that stuff on a do that stuff on a computer now basically exactly but to be able to manipulate the actual physical element of it i love it Uh it's great i love love those practical and camera things i guess practical post-production techniques and very analog methods and how creative they got too i mean i just think about all of the ways they would create special effects on film with you know drawing on the film and yeah they layer on to other layers of film with the effects and combine those in editing it's incredible yeah like ghostbusters the proton beams that's like several different laser effects stacked on top of each other oh is it yeah it's pretty groovy sweet <clears throat> well i don't know i don't know if i have too much more to say about this one yeah but... yeah i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of done here uh i've said what i need to say okay uh should we go into the ratings yeah, I think I'll. S- I'm sitting at three and a half. Okay, uh, could just be the first viewing thing, but the movie is slightly an acquired taste because it loses focus at times, and its style takes a little getting used to. But otherwise, it's well acted. It's it's got a good visual look and a goodish story to follow the breadcrumb trail. Yeah, um, I would go with, I think I would also go with three and a half, but uh, more close to a four. Mm. Um, there is a lot I enjoy out of this film. And um, like I said before, that I really enjoyed its interesting tone. Even if it's a little aimless, it, it commits pretty, pretty, pretty well to it. That's yeah. what it's going for. And characters are, are interesting. And Elliot Gould, he's um, a very likable performer mm-hmm. and um he really yes. makes this shine absolutely um, yeah. yeah i, I wonder I, what i wonder what ryan would think of the opening scene i i i wonder what he wants i want to know what he thinks about the entire movie i hope he watches this <laughs> but specifically that cat business relatable yeah <laughs> relatable um but yeah man um so i, I think that's that's all i got yeah, me too. This is this is a good pick. This is an interesting pick. Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. Mm-hmm. So, well, I guess I'll talk to you. Talk to you again, Nick. And um, yeah, and we'll see you all in the next video. Yes, Reco- recording podcast, recording. whatever, whatever the freaking medium is. Bazoingo. See you guys. Mm-hmm. Oops, I hit the Did you leave the <laughs> fucking call? <laughs> oh, this, this is embarrassing, dude. I'm really cringing myself. Oh, okay. my God. That was now, amazing. Now okay. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>